Hey everybody, welcome to episode 23, I had to look, uh, I forgot what episode we're on, um, <laughs> of the Evangelion Rewatch podcast. My name is Still David. And I am Still Dylan. Uh, unless you're joining us for the first time, and then my name is David for the first time. Um, so, episode 23, uh, we just watched it. Sorry, I'm a little scatterbrained because the Eva short just came out and I was just, like, my mindset was thinking about it, and now I'm switching back over to the episode, so uh, it's a little weird. Um, so episode 23, uh, first of all, again, you know, we're watching the director's cut, of course. Um, something interesting about this one, there's not a lot of changes from the director's cut to the on-air version. Uh, yeah, I just we, saw minor notes. Yeah, we can get into that a little bit once we start talking about the episode, but I just thought that was kind of interesting that there's not much different. Um, but whatever, I guess. Um, so this episode opens up, we actually have an opening again, because again... There's not a ton of extra stuff here, so there was time for an opening, I guess. Um, when we see Misato is uh, playing Kaji's message over and over and over, um, you know, trying to still cope with everything that happened, and, you know, he's dead and all that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that, I mean, that seems pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Um, we cut to... Uh, the, I will say, um, the, the whole episode starts out, like, so... Sorry, I had to burp. Um, it's, it, it's so depressing and, like, somber. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no happy moments at the beginning of this episode. Gonna, it's just... It's, is there happy ahead. moments at all in the entire episode, really? I feel like it's all in Well, not really, but it's just interesting because, <clears throat> like, um, you know, even though the show hasn't always been the happiest thing, there's always been, like, sad moments, but, like, it just keeps cutting to every character separately, and mm-hmm. each of them is, like, having their own crisis yeah. uh, in their own way, and that, that's interesting. Um so we cut to, uh, I forgot, we actually do see, I said last time that I, it was the last time we would ever see the class trip, but she's back in action. Hikari, mm-hmm. my favorite character. Uh, don't know her last name. I had to even think to remember her first name. <laughs> uh, but she's back. She's housing Asuka, because Asuka doesn't want to stay with Shinji Masato, because they all share the same bathwater. Uh, mm, like fucking gross. animals. Um, so Asuka's hanging out there to try to, you know, so she's got a lot of this shit going on, and I guess, I mean, Asuka, you know, hasn't really made any friends or connections with people. Not really. And despite their bizarre relationship, I would say that she's probably, honestly, the closest with Shinji. But, of course, she can't stay with him or open up to him, so she's mm-hmm. gone to, I guess, the next best thing, which is this girl she's hung out with a couple of times at school. I guess it's the closest thing she has to a, a girlfriend. Um, so Asuka's kind of hiding out there, playing Sega Genesis all day. I believe yep. that's a Genesis. I... Th- it had a CD. CD was... Oh, did it have a CD? Yeah. Oh, shit. Then it must be... What's the... I don't... I never had the Sega CD. It's called the Sega CD, Sega CD, it? yeah, yeah. But, well, they had another one, too. Was the Master Drive disc-based, or was that cartridge? I can't remember. I just... I immediately thought Sega CD, because it had, like, that blank disc with stuff writing on it. I remember that's what... Oh, okay. I didn't be. notice that. I just saw the yeah. controller, and I thought it looked like the Genesis controller. Wasn't the TV even a Sega TV? I didn't even yeah, know it was. Sega TVs. Yes, but this episode brought to you by Sega. <laughs> <laughs> um, not doing so well now, but... Uh, Rest in peace. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, uh, so yeah, Oscar's just kind of trying to distract herself. Uh, what, what game do you think she's playing? I never, I never played. It said something. Sega, Sega I guess it said so. something fighting on the disc is what it seemed like. Oh, fighting game. I guess that makes yeah. sense. The only Sega CD game I know is um, Sonic CD. Is it called Sonic CD? It's some Sonic game with uh, Metal She Sonic. was playing Winning Fighter. That's that, there's different. Like, you can find that. I think there, lots of the CDs. Of course, I guess the CDs. Outside. Oh, okay. You saw the she's CD. Not, she's not playing it. Maybe I guess. Okay. Yeah. So, well, if the, yeah, if the CD is out, I, I'm saying she's playing Sonic CD. Probably. She's traveling through time. I think you yeah. travel through time in that game. I don't know. Uh, join us next week where we do a rewatch of Sonic CD. Is it Puyo Puyo? That's a real game, isn't it? Yes, Puyo Puyo. I, yeah, I did see that one. I, I believe it is. Because I know there was a game, I think it just came out in Japan, called Poyo Poyo Tetris. Tetris? Yeah, that's right. So that's some kind of thing. That's something. Um, anyways, back to Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you know, this is relevant to Evangelion. we got to get it figured out. What game exactly. she's playing is super important to her character. Mm-hmm. It's important to what happens later. Um, because it's ironic, because the game that's set now is called Winning Fighter, and she's a losing fighter. Yeah, see, there that's you go. That's, that's symbolism for you. <clears throat> that's, yeah, irony. Um, you by Sega. Brought to you by Sega. Irony is sponsored by Sega. Um, so they uh, they go, they decide to go to bed, and Asuka opens up to Hikari, which, you know, Asuka opening up is always uh, unique, 
especially to this this girl, but she doesn't really have anybody else to open up to. And I mean, Asuka is at the. I mean, she hates herself more than anything, so she yeah. really can't even admit stuff to herself. So she's found another person to kind of say stuff to. And you know, Asuka is having a full-on existential crisis. Um, you know, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to live for. Uh, sorry, my phone's ringing uh, somewhere in my house. If you hear ringing, um, but you know, Asuka's like kind of. She, you know, she's lost her entire purpose and goal in life. And yeah. Hikari uh, still has the mindset, you know, of, of a kid, I would say, you know. Whereas Asuka's, like, starting to face the the realm of adulthood and the realization of what, what comes with that territory, Hikari hasn't thought about these things. So she just has no concept of what Asuka's going through or what to say yeah. to it. Um, you know, I, I that's something that everybody goes through at some point. And, like, some people go through it earlier. So if you go through that point in your life where you have to figure out like the bigger elements of life. Um, <laughs> There's like so much noise going on your side. Yeah, you? that's when my phone's ringing. Hang on. So yeah, sorry everybody. Uh, my <laughs> phone was my phone started ringing. My like I said, my home phone was ringing, and then it was my mom trying to call me, and then my cell phone started ringing because we went couldn't. on a, a tangent about Sega, and then now a tangent on phones. This podcast yeah. just fucked so far. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Um. Anyways, uh. My, oh, if anyone's wondering, my mom said it was cold outside, so she reminded me that if I left to to wear a jacket because she doesn't understand I'm 24. Um, I, I know it's, it's cold. Um, it's, I guess it's kind of relevant to the conversation we're having about realizing you're an adult and, and growing up. Um, realizing you need to wear a coat, I think, goes to that territory. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Hikari doesn't really, you know, know how to respond to Asuka because these are things she's never thought about and like. You know, when somebody comes and talks to you about, like, I don't think there's any purpose in my life, yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> always going to be hard to respond to that. Like, you don't know what they've experienced. You don't know what they're dealing with. Um, so Hikari doesn't say anything except uh, after... I, I Asuka... feel like Akari is kind of a good person to talk to them about in a way, though. Because sure, she, like... Because, I mean, Asuka kind of already says what we've been... Everybody's been speculating, you know. She feels, since she lost, she has no purpose anymore kind of thing. Yeah. But Hakari is kind of like I'm pretty sure she lost both her parents, and she's being an adult already to her younger sisters. Yeah, I but guess that's, maybe I guess maybe that's that was true. the mindset of kind of going to her as well as like well she's that, that makes adult. sense. Yeah, she's probably I, the most adult kid she knows. I guess that's true in a way that does make sense. But I do think that there is a difference between uh, having the responsibilities of an adult and right. realizing the the broadness of life as an adult. Right. Because right. it's one thing. Yeah, it definitely would like mature you a lot. Because same thing with Toji. Like it matures somebody a lot to have to have these these responsibilities for somebody um at 14 but it's a whole nother thing to realize like what's the purpose in life what's the right. meaning of everything like that's a whole nother thing so asuka's going through one stage of adulthood and hikari's kind of yeah i guess it, it's different there, there are different uh, points but uh mm -hmm. they definitely have gone through a lot but so hikari responds with um well asuka says th that she has nothing left to do and or hikari says like you can you can do anything i think you've done your best and it's honestly, like, really, even though Hikari, I don't think, is as advanced, uh, it's really good advice. Like, it's very simple, but it's just, like, you know, that was one thing in your life. You did your best at it, but you yeah. can do anything else. Like, you don't have to allow your life to be dictated by one thing. Exactly. You have the capability to do anything. Um, because, yeah, if, if you do shove your existence into one single thing and it fails, uh, then you've made your existence kind yeah. of pointless so you need to you know make sure that you have multiple things going for you um then we cut to ritsuko and her cat died yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking about it and you know I, I say every episode that i don't like ritsuko uh we, we saw last week everything that's asuka's gone through in her life we've seen that you know misato has gone through a lot she lost her father and is confused about that now she's lost kaji shinji's gone through a lot the brunt of um, Ritsuko, like, her betrayal and her deciding to go dark and, and like, do all the shit is that her cat died. Cool. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that's the deciding factor of betrayal, but, I mean... I mean, it's definitely, like, it's definitely a big step in it, I feel like, um, because it's, it's I, you know, it, it's right next to all these other scenes of these characters. I was gonna say, I mean, that's the only other explanation, I guess, because otherwise that scene is, like, so pointless. There's nothing yeah. to do with anything. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, again, why would you put that scene in there if it wasn't important to the character? Because, like, I mean, it's literally, like, she's dealing with this death. And, I mean, you know, Ritsuko didn't have any kids. She doesn't have any men or anything in her life, uh, except for Gendo. But, um, 
so she kind of has nothing. Really, all she has is her cat, and her cat died. So I guess that, you know, the same way like we we're saying with Asuka, like don't shove all your life into one thing. Mm-hmm. Ritsuko put all of her life into her cat, and her cat died. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, obviously, I, I'm, you know, I'm exaggerating a bit. I know that's not the only thing that uh, Ritsuko is going off of, but it definitely seems like it's one of those things. It's there. It's a reason. It's it, it, it's definitely a motivator, and I just think it's such a shitty motivator. Fucking fuck Ritsuko. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to that scene. So then we see uh, some a scene of uh, Sele talking to, uh, or no, this is just Sele. I can't remember. I'm getting my scenes mixed up. I think this is just when Sailor is talking, or are they talking to Gendo already? I don't. They're just, talk, they're, they're just no, talking they're, to Gendo. Yeah, they're talking to Gendo because he gets they get interrupted because an angel yeah. shows up. Yeah. Uh, but they're talking about you know Gendo, you fucked up. We don't have the lance now. Um, you've been a bad boy. And uh, <laughs> then Fiusky calls and says there's an angel, so Gendo has to leave. Yeah. Um, and they talk about like maybe Gendo won't work for us anymore. Yeah. Which, I, is that such a fucking empty threat? Like, what else are you going to do? Like, who else are you going to... I mean, I, I, mean, I guess there, later on... You're Sele. You're supposed to be some of the most intelligent minds. How do you not know to this point by now that when you're like, you can't come back now, Gendo, like to the, to the boys club. And you're just <laughs> like... you. How did this point do you not know Gendo is like a double-crossing you guys? Well, the thing is, they do you know, and, they, and they've talked about it for episodes and episodes and episodes, and they're like, should we trust him? But they, they, why do they keep doing it? Do it exactly. They're like, I'm convinced those are the biggest idiots in this entire universe. Yeah, it, they so seem dumb. smart at first because they, they catch on really quick. Yeah, and they're like, and it's like, oh, okay, these guys are on it. They're even yeah. a step ahead of Gendo, and then they keep him around. So it's like, oh, I guess not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it'd be one thing if they didn't know and Gendo like pulled some ultimate trick, but then that would just make Gendo seem smarter. It wouldn't make make them seem dumber. But yeah. the fact that they know about it and don't do anything makes them seem like fucking idiots. Yeah, it really does. They're essentially controlling the entire world. Like what? they you know, they mentioned some at some points in Evangelion that Sele kind of over secretly oversees a ton of stuff in the world, not just Nerve. And it's these fucking idiots. Well even like the fact that um Oh, what's his face? The guy who died a couple episodes ago. Kaji? Kaji. The fact that Kaji go in, release Fusuke from, like, their interrogation thing, and then nothing happens to Fusuke ever again. Yeah. It's just like, how much power does it really have? Like, you just come in there, bust a guy out, you can't do anything because you're a bunch of bricks. And then, well, like, I do no kind of I, I do kind of wonder if maybe they had let that happen. Yeah, that's true. It's just, it's, you... I mean, I guess you do later with the, um, the, uh, mass-produced Amos. But for the most part, you really don't see them flex much muscle. It just kind of seems like... Yeah. I, I, I guess it's maybe supposed to be that, you know... They've achieved so much, they're just fucking cocky. You know, like, That's true. confidence is their downfall. They've essentially taken over and are running the world, and they think they're untouchable, you know? Yeah. They think everybody else is below them, and they're severely underestimating the power of those other people. Um, I, I think that's probably what it comes down to. But, uh, so, the angel shows up, and uh, they send uh, Ray off into battle. Uh, you know, one's still gonna stay frozen, so they're sending Ray first, and, uh, the angel is like a circular halo in yep. just floating in the sky, and they say that it keeps fluctuating, uh, and they're not really sure like what the deal with it is. And when Ray launches, we see that it changes form uh, and uh, becomes a little phallic and penetrates mm-hmm. Ray. That's a little sexy there. They, I, mean, I, I use the word penetrate because that's what they use in the show. It's yep. literally said and represented on screen. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I mean... We haven't really gotten into it too much. We talked about it a little bit. There's a lot of, like, sexual, um, I don't want to say innuendo, sexual themes, sexual yeah. symbolism <clears throat> in the show. Um, and, yeah, this is just another... This, this whole scene, I mean, has you have that thing doing that, Ray's reaction to that, and then um, basically her unit becomes pregnant as well with the whole big yeah. swelling of the belly. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of the whole representation well, of that. What's interesting to me about it is um, last week, and again, this is a term that's on the official, or not the official, it's a fan site, but the Eva Geeks uh, wiki, but uh, on last week's they talk about how Asuka was mind-raped. Yep. And in this one, it, it's kind of a, you know, it almost seems like Ray is like physically Clay raped, raped in, yeah. in a way. I, I, You know, it's uninvited, it's not, you know, it's not consensual uh, that she's penetrated by this beam of light. And it definitely seems like, you know, we've kind of seen two, like, 
violations of, of different parts mm-hmm. of these people. Uh, you know, Asuka had her mind completely violated, and now Rey is having her physical form. And, you know, it, some, some of her minds, too. But, uh, you know, physically we see the the angel, or the Ava, uh, being, like, um, not absorbed, fused, I guess. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, uh, the angel, um, again, starts to fuse with her, and we actually see the angel appear inside of Ray's mind in her form, uh, to try to communicate with her. The same thing as what I think happened with Asuka, the angel is trying to communicate by taking a a familiar form, uh, the form of the person. And, um, which I assume the angel, I don't know if maybe they think that that's not weird. It would be weird if, if... I started talking to my like if I appeared in front of me and started talking to me. Yeah, I wouldn't want that as a form of communication. Uh, but the angel starts talking about how like um, or no Ray, I don't remember who starts it, but Ray starts accusing the angel of like being lonely. Like you know, you you you're all on your own. All of your other kind is separate. Um, are you jealous of us as humans that we all are together? So that's Ray saying that. Ray says that at first, and then the angel okay. the angel responds with um. <clears throat> Uh, that's that's you. Like, it's this isn't verbatim, but yeah, essentially, Ray calls the angel out for being lonely, and the angel's like, uh, "You're the lonely one. You yeah. say you live with all these people, but like, you're the one who's like one of a kind and like yeah. doesn't have anybody else." And then Ray starts uh, crying, um, because like, it's hit her like she has that emotion of loneliness, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And this is a big moment for Ray because, you know, we've seen some emotions with Ray throughout the show, uh, but kind of sorrow or despair is a, is a new one, and loneliness in general. Like, th- those are new ones. Um, and uh, it's, it's just interesting. You know, we get, you know, we get that last little bit of character kind of development here. Um, then uh, since Ray has now been more compromised, the angel starts to really take over her. And out of the back of Unit Zero, a giant uh, growth. I believe on the wiki, the Ava Geeks wiki, it was referred to as the Tower of Angels. Yeah, that's uh, what it's called. Which sounds like some bullshit fan name. It doesn't yeah, sound like it really any, does. any official thing. Uh, but yeah, it essentially looks like the past angels. Um, and I didn't really... I guess this makes sense. According, on, on the wiki, they said that um, possibly it's trying to resurrect its dead uh, comrades, the other angels... So that it won't be lonely anymore, which I guess makes sense. But again, I feel like when when Ray called the angel lonely, I don't know if that was accurate. I really do believe that she was, you know, when, when the angel says like, "No, you're the lonely one." I think that that's more how that's supposed to go. I don't know if the angel is actually lonely. I think that might have been a incorrectly perceived thing from Ray. Yeah. But I guess it makes sense. I don't. It seems weird that it would try to resurrect the other angels. I mean, I guess resurrecting makes sense in a way for. If they're trying to take over as a population, I guess. But doing it because it's lonely doesn't seem, like, very angel-esque. Yeah, and, and if you were going to take over as a population, like, this isn't the way to do it. Like, no. the angels already know what they need to do, and that's not it. Exactly. So, I don't know, but I guess on the other hand, I don't have an alternative explanation for why that appears. Um, so, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Uh, so, um... Uh, upon seeing the back growth, uh, Gendo immediately is like, hey, we need to get Unit 1 out there. Shit's fucked. And that's verbatim, he says that. And then, um, uh, well, I watched the the uh, Spanish dub, and he says that in the Spanish dub. Oh, he does? Shit. Yeah, yeah, he says, hey, get Shinji. Shit's fucked. I hear that's the true, uh, the true dub. Yeah, watch. it's actually, yeah, Ano, uh, I don't know, the, j- the joke's fucking over. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so they launch Unit 1, uh, and uh, the angel immediately tries to go for it and fuse with uh, Unit 1 as well. Um, and when it does, rather than being like phallic and penetrating Ray the way it did, it actually takes on the form of Ray and tries to be more gentle and caressing. Yeah. Uh, which Shinji, you know, immediately is like, fuck this and, and refuses it. Um, that one's not verbatim. Uh, but uh, it's interesting that the, the different approach that the angel takes to the two of them, I think. Um... But anyway, so Ray sees this happening and is like, she kind of realizes, I think, her true affection for Shinji in the moment. Yeah. Definitely. Because of the fact that the angel is taking on that form and trying to use that, manipulate that. And so Ray decides, like, you know, to end this and to protect Shinji um, and re- reverses her AT field or something like that and, and kind of absorbs the angel back into her. And yeah, then this is the point where 
her belly all swells up and yep. she gets pregnant with an angel baby. Yep. Um, <laughs> obviously, it's you know meant to be symbolic. She, you know, she was talking about how, well, again, she was penetrated earlier, and now that the angel has like gone inside of her, you know, it, it's taken on this form. And also, you know, she was there's obviously the theme of um, she wanted to be with Shinji in a physical way and like be connected with him. And this kind of even harkens back to when Shinji, way, I don't remember what episode, a long time ago, when Shinji says, like, Ray's like a mother. And, you know, at the time that struck Ray as weird, but I think that she's kind of sat on that idea and maybe thought about that as an idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is almost a weird representation of it, though it's twisted and fucked up. But, uh, and then uh, for just a moment, um, the the shape of Unit Zero changes into a kind of a big... Uh, what's the term light white light there's a term for it uh when something's like a big white light and i know the word but i can't fucking think of it uh shit big ray um big light ray and then it uh it explodes um yeah i think that's that scene anything else Mm -hmm. ever on that scene i don't know pretty much shit uh oh shit yeah there is um right before uh it explodes. Ray actually sees a flash of Gendo. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Not Shinji, but Gendo without glasses and smiling. And this seems to be um, maybe from when Gendo had saved Ray. Uh, but it's interesting that, you know, even though she's thought all about Shinji and wants to be with Shinji, her final flash is not of Shinji. It is of Gendo. Gendo. I, I don't really know what to, what to think about that, but I just think that's really interesting that it's not Shinji. Maybe um, it's part of like what's um shinji's mom kind of clone genes coming in or kind of like a final flash like maybe she would have coming from i don't know it's really weird or maybe like <clears throat> some of what she felt for shinji was really just a big extension of what she felt for gendo, for gendo but because you know he's there's a very different uh not just age gap but you know place in society and in there's just like a real weird connection with all that going on. That's like true. it's kind of Shinji's mom, but also she's Shinji's age, like Shinji, but then also like Skindo because it's like she's kind of like yeah, Shinji's it's, mom. It's it's weird. It's a, um, it's a weird it's a weird circle. Yeah, but um, then she blows up. Uh, so um, we see a little bit of uh Sele talking, and they say that there's one angel left, and you know there's 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 a lot of like um kind of brooding from Sele about like. Oh, we're almost mm-hmm. to the end of our scheme. You know, they, they do a lot of that talking throughout this episode. But they talk about how uh, they need another pawn. They need... And this is actually something I feel like I might have missed on... I, like, I'm sure I took note of this before, but I kind of... I guess I forgot about this detail that they they actually talk about how they're going to get another pawn. And then they obviously... It's Ritsuko. Because I... Like, that's why Ritsuko kills all the rays at the end is, you know, Sele. And this is very obvious, I'm sure, to everybody else. But I don't know. I just... I guess I hadn't made this connection yet that Sele talks about wanting this pawn and then Ritz, they get Ritsuko to do it. Because uh, I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, okay. I'm confused about that part a little bit. Okay. So, <clears throat> they want to question... The thir- is it the third child they want to question? Okay, so here's how I think it works. And this is... this is. I my, mean, the first child, sorry. Yeah, this is my reading of it. So, Gendo tells Sele that Ray's dead. Right. Straight up. He doesn't tell them that Ray 3 is now arrived. They, they just say Ray's dead. There's no more Ray. So I think Sele calls bullshit on that and knows that, like, there's going to be another Ray, like Ray 3, because they understand how Ray works. Um, and so I think – so they decide they need another pawn. They decide it's going to be Ritsuko because they realize her connection with Gendo and kind of how it affects – like, how it worked with her mom and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, she's the perfect one. She can kind of do our bidding. Um, we're going to turn her against Gendo. And so they call her in, uh, and then I think that's when they tell her, we wanted to talk to Ray, but Gendo sent you instead. I don't think uh, they actually asked to talk to Ray. Okay. Um, I think that's just their manipulation because they know that's what they need to say to get Ritsuko to turn against Gendo, and it works. Because what they're telling her is, we asked for a doll, and he sent you instead. Like, you're even yep. worse than this doll. Um, I guess it's possible that they actually asked Gendo, but I actually don't believe they they probably did because again Gendo's, um, Gendo's stance he even said earlier we're, if they ask we're gonna tell them that Ray is still dead so well, I I don't think if they would have said hey can we talk to Ray Gendo would have said no she's dead I think they made that up to tell yeah. Ritsuko. which also makes me wonder what did they make her do that made her so offended and also why was she naked 
Um, I think it was just uh, an attempt to, like, shame her. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, Sele, a bunch of old guys, a bunch of old white dudes in power. You got this uh, attractive little blonde girl. You always been wanting to see her naked. You realize, hey, we're Sailor, we can do whatever we want. They decide to see her naked. I don't and know. She, she feels she doesn't feel violated at first because she realizes she has to do that, and then she does when she realizes it could have been Ray and not her. Yeah. I'm assuming that. Okay. I guess yeah. I don't know. I'm so confused about that scene. Um, what you said makes sense, but I'm also confused about why she's naked and why she gets pissed off. Yeah, I think Sailor's just a bunch of nasty old perverts, yep. dirty right. old men. Yep. Um. Yeah. No, I guess really though, you know, it's probably just more to like fuck with her mind, like. Yeah make her you know they're, they're just trying to fuck with her and, and turn her against gendo so anything they can do uh i guess you know whatever um so then we go to a scene of shinji in uh laying around listening to music again uh trying to cope with the death of ray too uh and misato comes in and tries to talk to him this is an interesting scene uh this is another one of those i think i'm an idiot kind of scenes and maybe this just you you watch the dub mm-hmm. how does this conversation kind of play out in the dub just generally how's it play out for you and i'll say if it's different or similar i guess okay so every other time i've watched the scene i knew misato was coming in you know obviously trying to comfort shinji and i know she tries to physically touch his hand and he moves it away i, I always knew that i don't remember the dub being like so sexually suggestive i never got the impression watching the dub since I've only ever watched the dub before, that she came in here to try to bang Shinji. But watching the sub, I definitely got the impression... Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not how it plays out at all in the dub. Okay, yeah. And so, the dub, he's just listening to music and just basically being a typical emo kid. It's like, yeah. life is so pointless, why does it suck? She tries to comfort him, and he's just like, no, leave me alone. Okay, that's what I thought. Like, she just grabs his hand, and he's just like, no, don't touch me. Because <clears throat> um, I should have wrote down the exact lines. And then but, she uh, says, like... I think she says this in the sub, too. Maybe I'm getting the sub in Doku. But first she says... Is he turning me away because I'm a woman, or is he turning me away because he just doesn't want to be with any, like he can't connect with anybody? Uh, yeah. Which I, I thought was really weird to say that when he turned away. It's like I don't think he turned away because you're a woman, but if there's like a sexual thing to it, then maybe that does make sense. Yeah, there, there's definitely it definitely seems much more sexual in the sub. I can't remember the exact line. I should have wrote it down, but there's a couple things. Yeah, she says something about like, um, is he afraid of of being with a woman or something like that? Yeah. Um. And you know, I mean, this is kind of Misato's character. Like, she doesn't really know how to um communicate with people yeah except by fucking uh i mean that's really that's like her uh, honestly that's her language that's how you know her relationship with kaji was even when shit hit the fan and things were really serious she still you know connected with him uh emotionally through sex uh you know we see that in the scene where kaji gives her the the pill that we see later in this episode um or the the chip that's in the pill I mean, that's a whole scene of sex. Like, that's how they handle things is is through sexual uh, contact. They don't, yeah. you know, Misato doesn't really know how to communicate other than that. That's how she comforts, and that's yeah. how she uh, communicates. I just I just watched the sub bit, and I, I mean, at first I didn't get that, but it's her comments afterwards. She says, like, yeah. this is, uh, sorry, Sinji, this is all I can do for you now. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And then she grabs his hand, and he turns away. And then he, then she just says, "I don't get it. He must be feeling lonely. Is he afraid of a woman?" So I can totally see where, if you're reading all that, it does really sound like she was playing a thing. I was like, "Well, obviously he must be feeling yeah. lonely." Well, and then but, afterwards she walks out. She says a line to some. I don't remember what it is, but she she goes. I guess she goes to try to bang Pin Pin next or something. <laughs> <laughs> she goes into the next room and tries to talk to Pin Pin, and he turns away too. And she says something about, "Man, I guess I'm the one who just needs somebody to be with." Yeah. She also says. He, he must be afraid of being intimate with people. That also pretty much is any way she's Okay, yeah, it. yeah. Then she goes um, to try being pimping, yeah. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? Uh, when I first, the way they have that shot, by the way, I totally thought Pimpin was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, is he putting Pimpin's dead? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously Shinji, uh, you know, I just wonder how Misato thought this would have played out. Even if, Again, I know that this is how she tries to try to cheer people up and try to communicate with people, but, like, Shinji already uh, has a lot of issues being, you know, close with people just emotionally. Yeah. And now he's dealing with the death of somebody that he was clearly somewhat attracted to and clearly had a, a deep connection to. And Misato thinks that, like, she can walk in, offer him sex, and 
not only will he accept it, which would be completely out of character for him, but it would actually help him. Even, I just, I, yeah, again, even if he did I, I know that's Misato's it. train of thought, but I just, I can't believe that she would think that would help or that he would even accept it. Exactly, because even if he did accept it, there's no way that would have turned out good afterwards. It right. would have been a mess. It just would not worked out. Yeah. Well, Which, it would have been, been a literal mess, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like, <laughs> and like, I feel like several times, when you really think about it, she does try to bang Shinji in a weird way several times. Yeah. Uh, There's always kind of started off as that kind of like a jokey, like, ah, uh, two people living together, they're the sex, they're going to bang. But then it kind of really does kind of come... Yeah, well, I mean, definitely at the beginning, it's just a joke. But I think, yeah, now that shit's hit the fan, again, this is how she she knows to deal with people. Like, this is how yeah. she does it. <clears throat> and uh, especially when she feels already close to them. She obviously feels very close to Shinji. I'm sure she understands uh, that he has some sort of attraction to her. Being a 14-year-old boy, uh, you're attracted to pretty much any girl that is uh, coming your way, especially if you uh, are very close to them. And... Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just can't imagine like her thinking that this was gonna work. I I think she's just like, man, Shinji is a real whiny bitch. He sucks all the stuff. This this fucker just needs to get laid. That's yeah, I guess she's so. Saying. She's just like, yeah. he just needs to get laid. Um. Yeah. But she should have known that Shinji's uh gay, and he only has feelings for Kawara. Well, yeah, of course. Um. Oh man, I can't wait to get to all the Shinji's gay stuff. Yep. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go into a big rant about how I hate how people always say that Shinji's gay because that episode because I yeah. don't think that's the the emphasis of that episode at all. It's but I guess a weird I thing of people being week. like they can't understand like that's supposed to represent Shinji's only had one true real friend and that's supposed to be him. Well, it's I think it's even more than that. Like, it's not meant to be gay, but Karu does say I love you, Shinji, and that's the only time I think Shinji's ever heard those words in his life, except yeah. maybe from his mom. Uh, and it's kind of like the thing of, like, that is Koaru's entire point, is to make Shinji... It's like the angels finally realize that's how you do it. Yeah. Like, they, they finally recognize Shinji's weakness. Yeah, definitely. They, they, they tried uh, mind rape, they tried physical rape, and now they realize, like, hey, to really connect with a person, we need to make this kind of connection with them. And, yeah, Karu goes in and says, like, just complete unconditional, not I'm gay and I'm trying to bang you. It's just unconditional, like, acceptance of you and... And love and tolerance for you. And to Shinji, that's everything he's ever wanted. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, the idea of that is very appealing and um, and wanted. And, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we should save some of that. I was going to say, we should, we should definitely save some of that. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, we'll go into it next week. Yeah, I, I guess I could kind of un- kind of see, you know, this episode, Misato tries to bang him. He says no. And the next episode... A guy comes along, says "I love you," and he's like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, but then the I mean, I guess I get it, but I just feel like if that's what you think, you're you're oversimplifying things so much. If you're if hey, if you if this was like I don't know, The Walking Dead, sure, it's probably that simple. But this is Evangelion, and it's kind of smarter than most shows. So I think by now you should know that it's never like just that. I don't know. Um, He also jerks off to Asuka. So I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He doesn't jerk off to Karu. He jerks off to Asuka. Spoilers. Uh, oh shit! Shit. Um, that's how third impact happens. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, another impact. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, where the fuck? What are we talking about? Um, so then, basically, we run into seeing Ray's all of a sudden in the hospital. Oh yeah, Ray three. Ray or Ray is back. We don't know it's uh-huh. Ray three yet. They just get a call and Ray's alive. So they well, then it immediately Ray. cuts to like Ray three though. Yeah, but, I mean, right but, but the audience doesn't know that at the time. Oh, right, right. If you're watching for the first time, obviously, you know, of course, on a rewatch, you know. But, uh, you know, the first time watcher, you'd be like, oh, okay, I guess Ray somehow survived. And then this Ray seems very mysterious and is like, doesn't seem to recall yeah. the events. And I guess then, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Because they tell you, like, on the title cards, Ray 2, Ray 3. Like, you get that. Yeah. Happening. Well, I remember the first time I watched the show, I always just thought, okay, first episode about Ray, second episode, episode about, Ray, about Ray, third episode, episode about Ray. About Ray. Yeah, I didn't think sense. they meant that these were different entities. Right. Um, which sense. I think was their intention because, I mean, the Ray, like Ray 1 and Ray 2 episodes are so long ago. Um, <clears throat> and, again, on a rewatch, you know what that means, but if you're first time watching, that seems like it's, it could have been, been a spoiler. Yeah. So I think they were just hoping people would be like, oh, you know, they won't get what that means. Um, but, uh... You know, I guess maybe, because th- there is the episode where we see Ray 1 die, episode 21. So I guess maybe people are, you know, it, it, on a first watch, you might have caught on immediately that, 
the Ray 2 did die. But yeah. I think I didn't. I think I was fooled at first when they saw Ray again. I was like, oh, I guess she's alive. And then she says, I think I might be the third one. Um, which, of course... Uh, yeah, she said, this one I think's weird is because I guess the other one was so young it might be different. But at least based off the rebuild, in a sense, this Ray definitely seems more self-aware than yes. the other one. Yeah, definitely. This Ray is interesting. Ray 3 is interesting uh, because she appears to have no memories or no connection with the previous Ray. But at the same time, she obviously does because she she recalls certain things. She's aware of the fact that she is a third one. She seems to have gained the knowledge somehow from the from Ray too. Um, and also just because like you know she sees the glasses, Gendo's glasses, and immediately has a reaction to them, even though she yeah. says that she's never seen them before, because Ray three supposedly doesn't have any of the memories of Ray two. So right. why would she have an emotional reaction to these? And then also because of course in End of Evangelion. Uh, she decides to to go uh, give Shinji the power to to shape Third Impact, mm-hmm. and that if Ray Three truly didn't have any of the feelings from Ray Two, I don't think that would have happened. So somehow, no. I don't know if maybe there was some kind of like when they you know had Ray the tube thing, the dummy plug tube thing that she always floats in. I don't know if maybe somehow memories got into her from there. Like it seems like LCL, so maybe like some of Ray 2's stuff Maybe, yeah. was, like, still floating around in there. I don't know, but, like... And, like, not to try and draw too much connection between the rebuild and this either, but it just seems weird because when they do the next Ray for that one, yes. it just seems like the method's entirely different because she doesn't have those memories. That's true, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, if anybody's seen the rebuilds in 3.0, spoilers if you haven't, I guess, but in 3.0 when... Because the one Ray disappears at the end of 2.0, presumably is dead, mm-hmm. but disappears into Unit 1, and they're not able to recover her. So then when they see the new Ray, which we assume is Ray 3, but could be any number, really, um, it's not... It, it doesn't seem to have any of that uh, from Ray, from the last Ray at all. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely different. And I don't... Yeah, I don't totally understand how it works, but somehow some of what Ray 2 felt for Shinji is, is left over mm-hmm. in Ray 3. Um, and also it seems like... Again, Ray 2 kind of had a... Th- a connection, a, a, I guess a thing for Gendo. Um, and it almost seems like Ray 3 still remembers that, but almost despises it now. Yeah. Um, because she tries to crush the glasses at first, and then eventually, you know, she says, like, hey, fuck you, uh, Gendo, I'm giving this to Shinji. So it seems like she's kind of, like, has those leftover feelings from for Gendo, but has kind of changed the dynamic of those feelings from mm-hmm. love to hate. Um... Anyways, so uh, then we go to Ritsuko. Um, oh, wait, wait, this is the scene we already talked about uh, yeah. where she's naked and stuff. So we go to Misato, um, and she has uh, opened up the pill Kaji gave her and found the chip inside and is now using it to try to find out information stored on it uh, as much as she can. And she says she's over listening to the phone call messages from him. She's going to, you know, now that she has this, this she realizes, like, this was Kaji's ultimate, uh, like, this is this was his life, essentially, like, the last part of his life was completely dedicated to this. this essentially, she's holding his last wishes in her hand. Mm-hmm. And she says, like, rather than, like, listening to him over and over and feeling sad that he's gone, I will take his last desire and, like, move forward with them. Um, which I guess we don't really see pan out. But, uh, you know, as a character, I think that's how she kind of helps to yeah. cope with what she's dealing with. Also, as a character thing, that's probably, you know, earlier she mentioned that, like, she really just wanted someone to be with. Uh, again, that's how, she, you know, that's how... Not only does she connect with other people, but that's how she gets through hard times. And so somewhat of her going to initiate sex with Shinji was for Shinji, but a lot of it was for her to help her cope with she's still dealing with Kaji's death. Right. And now she's finally admitting, like, I think I can be over it. I think I can move forward. I don't think I need to bang a 14-year-old. Probably Um, a good idea. Probably a good idea. I don't know how laws work in Tokyo 3 after the apocalypse, but uh, it's probably probably a bad idea to bang a 14-year-old. Um so then uh, Ritsuko calls Shinji and says, hey, there's no security watching you. Come on over. Um, this time, not not for sex. Uh, this, this adult's not offering him sex. Um, but man, it does seem like Shinji gets a lot of attention in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so, man, I'm over talking about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to get some energy and power through it. Uh, I hope, man, I... I feel bad for anyone listening because I feel like I got bored talking about this episode. So I hope no one's bored listening. Do you want me, uh, do you want me to take over? 
Uh, I don't know. We're almost through it. Okay. Uh, they go down to the, to the lab, and they see, uh, you know, the lab is very uh, reminiscent of, of Ray's room, as Shinji points out. And uh, Risco says, well, yeah, this is where Ray was born. Um, I'm going to talk really excited about the next part, just to oh, cope with, for for, with, me, with me sounding bored. Because uh, now two, I feel bad one. that I said that. Go so... They uh, go on forward, and they find uh-huh. a massive Ava graveyard. Yeah. And it's just crazy because what's up with this? And what? there's, like, all the – it's a big, like, crucifix on the ground, and there's, no. like, tons of bones and skulls and shit inside That's of crazy. it. And uh, I don't – I think it's Misato, and she's like, whoa, this is, like, an Ava graveyard. And Rizko's like, nah, dude, this is a dumping Dump. ground. Oh, no, and she And this is where Shinji watches mom get fucking oh. killed. And Shinji's like, aw, shit. And – then they go to the dummy plug core. This is just like the fucking grand tour of secret uh-huh. shit at Nerve. And they go to the dummy plug core, and this is the first time uh, Shinji and Misato are seeing it. And uh, then Ritsuko's like, yo, you thought this core looked weird. Check out the fucking walls. And she turns on the lights, turn, turns on the uh-huh. lights, and there's a bunch of rays floating what? around. And they're all smiling and shit, and they're no fucking way. naked. Oh, and cool. You know, there's just a fucking bunch of naked uh, dummies. And Ritsuko's like, hum- she says, humans found a god and tried to obtain it. Humanity was punished and god vanished. And this is the part that I don't remember in the fucking dub, but it confuses the shit out of me now. Do it. She- then she says, man tried to resurrect god and created Adam. Uh, everything what? that I believed was that Adam was already there and they discovered Adam. Yeah, but apparently they created Adam, so I don't I- know... Do they mean they created... I think they mean they created Adam's image. I don't think they meant they created Adam. Okay, yeah, let's go with that, because otherwise uh, I've been an idiot for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they created Adam's image into Ava. And then yeah. goes like, and now that I've told you everything, watch as I murder these naked dolls. And she pushes a button, which is apparently make the doll explode button. button. <laughs> Who installed that button? <laughs> what happens if you're, like, trying to turn on the TV and you push that one by mistake? I mean, like, what was the... Pro- Damn was, like, it, wrong remote. Was that put, like, just in case, like, what if they all decide to revolt against us? We'll have the self-destruct button. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand. I assume how the button works uh, is... And this is completely me guessing, so I could totally be wrong. The rays are floating in the LCL, and I assume that when she pushes the button, it, like way like ups the pressure in the lcl and you know but when something is like exposed to extreme pressure or maybe they're already exposed i don't know somehow it fucking disintegrates them because like well they don't like explode or anything they just like chunk them they break apart and kind of start to disintegrate yeah Yeah. which you know it it, i was gonna say it's because maybe she turned the pressure up but actually that the pressure would cause an implosion yeah it's almost more like what happens when when they if they had already been living in extreme pressure because what happens Here's some science for you guys, and I think this is right. Uh, let's assume it's right because it'll sound smart, and if it's wrong and someone points it out, it'll sound dumb. So if I'm wrong, don't point it out. Fish that live really low in the ocean uh, live in extreme pressure because of the weight of all the water above them. Um, so their bodies are extremely resilient to that like extreme pressure. If those fish are brought up uh, very far, like if somebody brings them up or if they ha- happen to swim that far up, they literally break apart. Because their body is used to so much, like, pushing down on them, so much weight. Mm-hmm. If that weight is gone, and they're just, like, on the surface of the water, they literally, their bodies just fucking break apart. Um, so it almost seems like that's what's happening here. That makes sense. Um, so maybe something like that. Um, and one thing that's interesting about the scene is as all of the vessels are destroyed, they fucking laugh. Uh, that's fucking creepy. Yep. Um, I mean, that's something, like, out of a... <laughs> fucking like horror game or horror it's like movie. that's some shining shit dude yeah um i was thinking yeah it, it's just yeah, it's fucking it's, it's fucking weird and then ritsuko is like all right i did my thing kill me and misato's like nah the, the end. end to be continued <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's the episode well, we, uh we do find out gendo was banging ritsuko but we already knew that yeah yeah i think i think we already got that impression uh, so yeah, obviously, you know, Sele had kind of planned for Ritsuko to kind of go do all this shit, um, or at least somewhat, and, uh, you know, because I think they were not, you know, <sighs> okay, so the difference between the on-air version and the, uh, <laughs> the director's cut version, again, there's not a lot, basically, there's a couple scenes that are extended, like the, the angel thing is a little extended, and there's a couple shots that weren't in there, but other than that, there's no, like, full scenes, I believe, that weren't in the original version, the on-air version. 
Uh, there's just a couple of scenes that are slightly extended. But what I thought was interesting is there's less detail in some of the animation. So it's the same scenes, but some, yeah, of, the, yeah, some of the scenes are apparently less detailed. And this is just a weird one. When they go to see that big dummy plug thing, apparently it's smaller in the on-air version. Yeah, and the tanks doesn't have as many rays or something in it. The graveyard, yeah, I think that was the graveyard doesn't have no, as the much graveyard doesn't have as many bodies. And neither does the uh, ray tank. The rank has less bodies as well. Right. So I guess maybe they were rushing to get this one out on air or something. And when the director's cut, they were like, hey, let's fix a couple of those little blemishes that we didn't get to. Um, I guess. I don't know. I really like this episode. I think mm-hmm. this episode's really good. Really good. I don't know why I got so bored talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did go off on several tangents. Maybe that's... Yeah, I guess that's true. We went on a lot of tangents, and we also are going to record a uh, another analysis right after this. So my mind's kind of on that already, mm-hmm. um, so I think I'm a little distracted. Um, also, I'm hungry, so yeah. that doesn't I help. Day before. Um, yeah, that, I should have done that. So uh, that's episode twenty-three. Great episode. Uh, really cool uh, stuff with Ray. Um, Ray 2 fucking dies in this episode. It's almost like it's overshadowed because there's so much other shit. It really is, but yeah. Uh, but I mean, a character the Ray you know is loves dead. Not. Yeah, and that's that's pretty crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, if we missed anything, let us know. If we're idiots, let us know. Uh, you can comment on our YouTube stuff, email us. All that information is in the description of the YouTube video. Uh, we are, as I said, we are recording a... Uh, special look at the uh the new ava short film that just came out another impact unless you're listening to this in like 2016 and then it's been out for a while uh but if you're listening to this you know now as it's coming out uh check out other thing if you haven't and is that it doing any- oh um we mentioned uh we're doing a special episode soon uh where we talk about the series as a whole not the rebuilds, just the series, the original series, and End of Evangelion. We will, we will be recording that after we finish all of those on our own, and then we will do a grand episode to discuss all of that as a whole. And we may get into the rebuild stuff a little bit. I don't want to say like we can't. I'm not going to tell everybody like you can't talk about that. Like you know, but mostly we're going to try to focus on the show. Um, we, bring I've had your A game. Yes, bring your A game. Uh, Anybody's welcome. Uh, we've had several people, uh, since we mentioned it last week, ask to be on it, and that's great. Uh, you're more than welcome. However, a few of you uh, said, like, hey, I want to be on this, and I replied to you and said, like, sure, shoot me an email or give me your information, and you didn't. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to have you on, but if you don't respond, I can't have you on. Uh, so please, you know, email me at thedavidmayer at gmail.com if you need to spell that. Uh, it's in the YouTube description for this video or any of our Ava videos, actually. And uh, that way, it's just to get scheduling, because, you know, if we have multiple people, obviously we need to find a time where we can try to get everybody on, or as many people as we can get on. Due to scheduling, you know, we might miss out on people. But honestly, if, if, if like, a ton of people end up wanting to do this, we could do more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just depends. Because, uh, you know, we don't want to get too many in one episode to the point where, like, people don't feel like they get to talk. Right. Um, but yeah, so please, it's the best if you email me or if you message me on, on, on YouTube through the Wet Rats, fuck, the <coughs> Wet Rats, Rats YouTube. Uh, that works as well, too, as long as you check your messages and reply. Uh, if you don't check your YouTube messages, please don't message me on YouTube if you're not going to reply when I reply. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, I, I know it sound like uh, a bit uh, bitter there, but we really want to have you on. So please reply so we can. Do it. Also, um, again, it's still a little ways out uh, because we still got to go through 24, 25, 26, and then End of Evangelion. And then, I mean, after the show, we're going to probably get a couple weeks before we do the End of Ava one. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably do a couple more weeks after that before we are going to do the next one, the, the, the one I'm talking about now. So you've still got at least a month, a little, almost two months probably, um, before you need to really worry about it. But the, the sooner we start scheduling it, the better. The one thing I will say, again, anybody's welcome. If you don't feel like you have a lot to say about Ava, that's totally fine. Uh, if you have anything at all you want to offer, you, you don't have to talk about theories if you don't want. If you don't have any great idea for theories, if you just want to talk about the things you like about the show, that's great. That's fine. Feel free to come on. Anybody's welcome. But please get a decent microphone if you don't have one. Uh, get a good mic set up. Do a little bit of testing. Um, you know... 
the way we'll probably have to record this uh, is different than how we record normal episodes. Me and Dylan usually record our audio separately mm-hmm. in different tracks and then merge it later. But because we're going to have a ton of people on, uh, all the audio will be recorded into one single track, uh, which doesn't allow me to mix anybody's audio in. So everybody needs to have a it doesn't have to be like fucking incredible. We don't have great mics. We're using, using rock bands. I'm using. Yeah, we're both. Are, are you still using your rock band thing? Yeah, yeah. We're both using rock band microphones plugged well, into our computers. To be more so. specific, it's a it's, a, um, that Rapstar game. Oh, that's Def Jam Rapstar. Def Jam Rapstar. Fucking great game. Yeah. That's five dollars on Amazon if anybody's yep. interested. <laughs> so if you need a good mic. <laughs> yeah, if you need a good mic, pick up Def Jam Rapstar. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so you you don't have to go out and get an expensive one. But, you know, don't use your onboard mic for your computer is basically it because you're going to get the sounds of your computer running. Um, but, uh, yeah, as long as, you know, you've, you do a little bit of audio testing, you're more than welcome to join us. Um, also, don't come on here and shit on people's opinions, too. Oh, yeah. Don't, <laughs> yeah, do don't, be, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not worried about that. I think, I'm, um, not, I'm not either. Just... Just a forewarning. Everybody that I've seen comment on our mm-hmm. stuff is is very nice no, yeah. and inviting. Although cool. I will say, and this isn't a criticism, so nobody take this wrong. I don't ever see really anybody else. A lot of people talk to me or you know the wet rats in general about their opinions. I don't ever see those people cross communicating. No, I don't really ever see like a fan like comment and say like I have all these ideas and another fan comment and discuss it. And that's totally fine. I'm not saying you have to go do that, but I'm just saying you know like we haven't really seen how our That'd fans be cool to have, interact yeah. with each other. No, and. All the comments so. I've seen, none of them are, like, stupid or retarded at all. I like all of them. So, yeah, please come on and let's talk more about it. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, but don't come on and think, oh, I'm going to be an asshole. It'll be real yeah. funny. Uh, again, we're, we, don't not, we don't think anyone's going to do that. We're not calling no. anybody we're out. We definitely don't think so. But uh, if, if anybody would happen to get that idea, uh, obviously you'll be quickly asked to leave. Uh, and that would be embarrassing for you because we probably won't cut it out. We'll probably leave we, it in. <laughs> we absolutely will not cut it out. Yeah. So, um and then we'll probably spend the rest of the podcast talking bad about you. So <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that actually, cause I don't want to put pressure on people, but uh, I mean, as long as you're not, I mean, you'd have to be pretty bad for it to get kicked off. You'd have to be le- legitimately saying like, you're a fucking idiot to other people on there. Yeah. So, I mean, and don't exactly don't worry about being an idiot. We've you've yeah. listened to us talk about 23 episodes now of us being retarded. So yeah. And, and let me clarify. It's totally fine to come on and disagree with other people's opinions. Oh yeah. That's it's cool. totally fine to, to hear somebody else's opinion and go, ah, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right to me because we're going to be doing a lot of that. Yes. It's just not okay to call someone else a fucking idiot and tell them how stupid they are for having an opinion. You can disagree with it. You can tell them that you think they're wrong as long as you do it in a civil way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they get the point by now. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> we talked about this way too long. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Evangelion episode 23. Next week, Evangelion episode 24. Director's cut. Karu's here. I don't remember the episode title. Uh, uh, it is. Um, you just said it. Car- Karu's here. Karu's here. Um, and we'll see you then. <laughs>